Coming at you live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. October. This is your host, Ryan Ligas, and today I'm joined by my producer, Jacob Romy, and my co-host, Justin Brown. We have a lot of great stuff to cover this morning, including Texas State Volleyball and soccer, and as well as a total weekend football recap. Before we get anything going, Justin, can you please read us a little ad? Of course, Ryan. Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar is a sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio. Located on the northbound frontage road of I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos, Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at restaurant.com. Twin Peaks eats, drinks, and scenic views. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, we're going to get started with two teams. I've been doing pretty good these uh, past couple weeks. They're uh, doing real good. And uh, let's see, we got soccer coming up first. They're 9 1 and 2 right now. They won 1 0 versus Southern Miss Golden Eagles on Saturday. Uh, they outshot them 14 to 6, uh, but only got two shots on goal. One of those being the goal by, um, well, actually, it wasn't even a goal by them, by us. It was a own goal. By the Golden Eagles, that was kind of funny when I saw the replay. She tried heading it out of the goal and ended up just hitting the crossbar and going down. And then Caitlin Schism had three saves on the afternoon. She recorded a third shutout of the season. So pretty good game, low-scoring game for them, though. But it's looking good that they're even, like, you know, even that kind of context, you know, low-scoring game, they're able to keep going. Yes, 100%. I think, uh, you know, Steve Holman with this group, uh, he's definitely putting an emphasis on that defensive position. You know, Caitlin Christman in the goal, she did have three saves in the goal in that last matchup, and that's a big reason why the Bobcats came away with this win. Um, you know, if we didn't show up offensively and they made a mistake, we definitely got to play defense so we can win based off the mistake, right? Uh, that That's what what the thought process was for Steve Holman there. And, I mean, this 1-0 win definitely brings them some momentum, you know, because they're going to be coming home. Uh, they're going to be playing Louisiana next, but yeah, I mean, this 1-0 win, it's it's a close win, and it's it's a win that the Bobcats are excited to have. Definitely, and, uh, you know, they currently sit first in Sunbelt Conference. They still sit first in Sunbelt Conference. I haven't lost a game in Sunbelt. They got that one tie uh, in that away match against uh, Georgia Southern. But, I mean, that was a hard-fought one point that they came away with. And so, yeah, sitting in first place in the Sunbelt, I think this is something that Really not a lot of people expected from this team coming into the season, but um, of course we saw that they're really a tear through the non-conference schedule besides that one loss to rank TCU. But um, it, like I said, nobody really expected it, but Coach Holman has really brought this team together. Players like Matty Goss, Zoe Jr., uh, Caitlin Chrisman, who is pretty much the new goalie for this season, uh, all stepping up to the plate and uh, you know doing doing what they can and, and winning as a team. Yes, they are definitely winning as a team. Their record now is nine one and two. And you mentioned that non conference play that they had earlier this season. I mean, this Bobcat team they beat Rice for the first time in over twenty years. So this Bobcat team is definitely doing some great things. They had one of the best starts in their program yet. So with Steve Holman at the reins, I believe with Caitlin Christman in the goal, it's going to be pretty hard for these conference teams to to get them out of that number one seed spot. Yeah, and it's going to be a good one uh, next week, or this next coming up week on Thursday, going up against James Madison. They're 7-2-3, and three, so they're no slouch. And, you know, playing a close game against Southern Miss 1-0, you know, it's really good to see them, you know, kind of control that time of or that time of possession, which has been a big thing for them this whole, uh, this whole season. And so I want to see if they're able to control the field against James Madison, a really good team. I think they're pretty fast, and they're going to try and push it onto our side of the field. Well, you look at it, and... So now 
uh, we're inside the month of, you know, the end of the season for this soccer team. Final game before tournament, at least, is set for uh, the 27th. So less than a month to go in this soccer season, unless, you know, they, they go on to the tournament, possibly uh, the NCAA tournament. But, um, like, overall, it's been a really, really successful season, and I really don't see it changing or having a drastic turn. Um, they're at the top right now. They've beaten teams or played teams already at the top of their Sunbelt Conference. And, uh, yeah, like you said, JMU is another one who is, you know, newcomer to the to the conference and uh, something that they really haven't seen before. So it is going to be an interesting matchup, but I do think that they can uh, come away with it. Yeah, so they Texas State and JMU have never played against each other. These two teams have never met. And so uh, with a new face in the conference going to be something that, you know, they're going to get different looks. But, uh, you know, Coach Holman, I'm sure he has set pieces round up, ready to go. And you talked about that own goal. That's that pressure that the team constantly puts on their opponents. I mean, we saw uh, a couple weeks ago they had two goals or they had a goal within the first two minutes of the game in their last home game. And uh, it's just that constant pressure that they put on the team from the start of the game all the way up until, you know, the final minutes. So it's that pressure. It's those set pieces that, that Steve Holman has instilled into this roster that just really brings him a lot of success. Yeah, and you speak of these set pieces. You know, one of these set pieces was Juan Aplat, the last game against ULM. You talked about that first goal that happened within the first few minutes of the mm-hmm. game, and that's Juan Aplat dishing out the assist. She's currently a great assist leader for the Bobcats right now, and with Maddie Goss and Zoe Jr. being able to get the ball in the, in the net, I mean, with Juan Aplat dishing it out, I think Steve Holman's group is going to be quite successful. And you and, and we just talk about the records that Steve Holman has broke so far even if this record right now was seven and four and not mm-hmm. nine and two I'd still say it's a successful season mm-hmm. because this is Steve Holman's first year here and he's provided the soccer team with something they never expected uh, I mean this is a great start and they're really working hard to continue it yeah he's really bringing a big turnaround to this team and like I said they're gonna be playing Thursday October 3rd at home at 7 p.m you can stream it on ESPN plus but another team that had a pretty competitive weekend was a volleyball team. They played James Madison this past weekend. They lost a close one, three to two on Friday, but they won a pretty good one, three to one on Saturday. Um, you know, and like Jacob was saying, with soccer, you know, this championship's coming up. We might have already seen a potential championship on Friday and Saturday with this volleyball team, you know, both top teams in the league. And I mean, it was a good one. Uh, Jacob, you were, I mean, not Jacob, Justin, you were working that game. What can you say about that, man? Yeah, I was working that game, and I, I just, I was shocked. Uh, I'd never seen Sean Hewitt and this group of girls have to battle that hard against another team to get a win. I mean, it seems like the Bobcats at home have, have, have been a set piece. They're 79 and three, I believe, in like conference play in the past few seasons. And uh, this Bobcat team, I mean, if they would have lost Saturday against the JMU Dukes, that would have been the first time they lost back to back games since I believe 2017 with Sean Hewitt. So, yeah, Sean Hewitt with with Janelle Fitzgerald and Emily DeWalt, they did show up. But one person I'd really like to talk about that showed up in this series um, sat, uh, you know, unfortunately, Friday, she did the did not get the win. They lost three to two. But in that Saturday win, a big credit to that is Lauren Teske. Lauren Teske is the redshirt senior on the team now. And she came in and, you know, had nine kills on Friday, but she doubled that on Saturday, having 18, which is her career high now. And yeah, she she did some great things for this Bobcat team. And, you know, we, we want the Bobcats to play these JMU teams with the same amount of energy they play any other conference team. It was our first time seeing this team in the Sunbelt Conference, so obviously some difficulties will arise. But, guys, I think this is a preview of the Sunbelt Championship just because of how close this matchup was. It certainly can be. And, um, of course, you know, they fo- they fell in very hard-fought match on Friday and went uh, to five sets. 
But in, I think they made very good adjustments over the night and heading into the, the second game because they were able to come out and get a more convincing win. Of course, Jamie was able to get a set off them. You not expecting to sweep uh, the Dukes, but you know you came out and you got a three one win, a little bit more convincing, a little bit more comfortable of a win. And I think that's due to you know the adjustments that Coach Hewitt has made with his players, and you know they're really good at reading what is working, what is not working, and going and going into practice, going into that night and figuring out. What can we do to, you know, benefit from what they're doing wrong and what can we fix on our part? And that, I think that's exactly what they did. And maybe they saw a, a Teske, you know, having that good of a game on Friday. She had nine kills. And it's like, hey, you're usually not having a lot of uh, playing time, at least this season. We haven't seen her on the floor uh, too much. And they played her more at that next game to, to really show out. Yeah, and when we were interviewing Sean Hewitt at the beginning of the season, he was talking about the amount of depth on this team. And mm -hmm. the biggest difficulty would just be setting a starting lineup. And we see Lauren Teske showing up and attributing to this team. She had a 78% hitting percentage. She was doing great. Um, and it is a big reason why the Bobcats could get that you know, Saturday win. I don't think the coaching staff was expecting Lauren Teske. Mm -hmm. They were expecting Janelle Fitzgerald and Emily DeWalt. And Emily DeWalt did show up. I cannot forget to mention Emily DeWalt had 52 assists on Saturday. Um, the second place spot for that for anyone in the game was Caroline Dozier with 35 for the JMU Dukes. But yes, no, Emily DeWalt and with with some hitters like, you know, Lauren Teske and Janelle Fitzgerald, I feel like the volleyball team can really take care of this next conference game. Yeah, no, it's really good to see, you know, even like just late in the season, just having someone that you've never really seen throughout um, come up, you know, throughout the whole season, just to come up in just one game and just completely kill it. And, you know, and like you said, talking about depth, I mean, it's just, that's really great to see. I mean, and that's kind of something that, we, that the team's always had, but for it to come out this late in the season to see like, oh, we even, we still have these, we have this, who, who's Teske, bro? Who's Teske? Like to see Teske come out this late in the season when she didn't do anything in the beginning and it's like, it's just really good to see. Well, she played, she played a pretty prominent part the past couple of years of being on the team for a while, but um, I don't know if it was just, you know, due to a lot of new faces or something like that. But uh, really, we haven't seen her too much so far in this season. It's been more Caitlin uh, uh, Buettner, uh, Julian Slaughter, and of course, we still saw them on Saturday. But overall, just uh, it, it's been nice to see her, you know, get a little bit more reps and and really maximize them and and help the Bobcats get a win um, heading into the Louisiana game uh, next weekend. Yeah, they're going to be playing Louisiana Friday at 6 p.m. and Saturday at 12, all over there, all the way in Lafayette. We're going to take a quick break, though. When we come on the other side of it, it's going to be time for some football talk. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Bobcat Radio at KTSW 89.9. All right. Welcome back to this Monday edition of Bobcat Radio. In the studio with me, I have my producer, Jacob Aromi, and my co-host, Justin Brown. And this is your host, Ryan Ligas. As I said before break, we're going to be diving into some football. Uh, pretty much going to be talking about Texas State and NFL. Uh, Sam Marcus didn't play last week, so we don't got nothing to cover right now. But for Texas State football, they went all the way over to James Madison and they lost pretty egregiously, 40 to 13. There's a lot of stuff to talk about in that game. Um, it was just all around inconsistent, blown plays, just nothing going right. Jacob, I know you got some point to make on that. Yeah, so overall, it just, there's only so many excuses that can be made about this team. Uh, there's a couple eye opening things. Calvin Hill, who is a leading rusher on the team at a breakout game against FIU. 
uh, was nominated for, uh, I think it was uh, one of the awards, like a national award that week. And he only had two attempts this past week, which I don't know if it's injury. I don't know if there's something going on in the locker room, but um, only two attempts. And Lincoln Perry, while he did have a lot of yards and stuff, he did fumble multiple times on the game, which definitely at that point, Texas State was still kind of in the game. I believe it was a two possession game, but, you know, there's still hope they had the ball. And then there was that fumble. JMU turned around and scored. Then on the next drive, another fumble. JMU turned around and scored. At that point, you're down by 28 points in the fourth quarter, and it's just wraps. So it's things like that, those costly turnovers, as well as uh, Lane Hatcher, again, while he had a lot of yards and stuff, two interceptions on the day, and, you know, another costly, like, just the turnovers pile up, the penalties pile up. They can't stop, they can't, you know, keep putting them in in this, uh, this hole. Because, I mean, we talked about it earlier. Yes, Jamie, you put up a lot of points, but I don't know how much the defense should be to blame here because we talked about the two fumbles. We talked about the two interceptions. JMU went and scored on all of those possessions because it was on Texas State's side of the field. Granted, defense did hold them to a couple field goals, but at that point, defense can only do so much when special teams and when uh, special teams had that safety. When special teams and offense can't carry their weight, it's so hard for the defense to be out there for such a long time and still put in consistent play. Yes, I agree. I'm glad you bring that up. It's not You can't just credit this to the defense uh, from JMU. You have to talk about just the, the careless mistakes made. And some of these careless mistakes were six careless penalties for the Bobcats, which gave up 49 yards. And if you take that look and you do the comparison to the other team, JMU Dukes, they had not a single penalty. So it just shows that you got to go when you're doing away conference game. I know this is the Bobcats first conference match of the season. You have to play with calm and collectiveness. You cannot be getting some careless penalties from false start or offsides. Those can change the complete outcome of a game. Like we saw with San Marcos football against Hutto, how they gave up our 150 yards. The Bobcats can't do Bobcats cannot do that on a collegiate level and give up 50 yards to their first conference matchup. That will attribute to multiple losses. If you, you know, if, if you talk about these fumbles as well, and the safety you cannot play carelessly if you want to win football games and actually something that i mean we've seen in all the games that we've lost you know against nevada and baylor there were a lot of you know penalties that were just drive killers and then also careless mistakes against baylor hatcher just throwing some interception that he really just shouldn't have thrown and then if you look at this team and we we were talking about a little bit earlier uh, before the show you know this team is like good it's really good when it's good and it's kind of bad when it's bad i mean like games against like you know HBCU and um, what was the other one? Uh, sorry, I'm blanking out. Um, HCU and FIU. Yes, like those were really good games. They were clicking. Not that many penalties. Not that many turnovers. They were running the ball really well, passing the ball really well. But then you have games like this, like you know this past one with James Madison, where you know you run the ball pretty well, but it's just like the fumbles and you know yards aren't everything. You know if you have a really good running back, he got 91 yards that game. Lincoln did, but I mean if he can't secure the ball, then they got to go to another running back. Yeah, and with the running back position really not doing much for the Bobcats in this game, we saw some difficulty for them to even get yards in the first half. We saw Texas State get 72 total yards and eight drives in the first half. Now, five of those eight drives resulted in punts and also resulted in an interception and a safety. So, yeah, that, that first half for the Bobcats seemed like they came out very cold and, and very – it seems like they just weren't prepared for that situation. It's a first time playing against the Dukes, I think – Ever for this program, I don't believe the James Madison Dukes played with the Bobcats before. So seeing a first-time team and a first-time coach, you know, Jake Spavadol had to try and come up with something, but it seems like right now they really just fumbled the ball. Literally. And it, it, I mean, we talked about it a little bit earlier. That uh, it was a good it, pun, right? It was a pretty good pun. 
But um, <laughs> we can, like, they haven't played a close game yet. It's either a blowout or they're getting blown out. And um, so that also hurts as you move on later in the season because you don't know how you're going to react in close games. Down the line, when you need to drive to win the game or when you need to stop to win the game, you don't know how you're going to react. You're not, you don't know how... You know, you're, you're not going to get that experience right now. You still don't have that experience. And now you're going to have to find that experience later on down the line when at some point it may be too late. And so we talk about those good games against FIU and HCU, but those are teams that Texas State is supposed to beat. But I will say, granted, for the first time in a couple of years with HCU, with FIU, the teams that they're supposed to beat bad, they do. They show up, they, get, they do their business, and that was good to see. But... If you can't even compete with teams that, again, they were huge under underdogs against JMU, but if you can't even compete with the teams inside your conference, that is uh, an, an issue. And maybe I, I don't I don't know what the the cure is for that or the solution for it, but um, it definitely hurts because it, it's good to see those teams. But then you know the teams that you're really packed in with in your conference, the teams you're going to be playing with later on down the line, later on in the season, when it really, really matters, you're just not on their same level. And it, it, it was clear this Saturday. You're completely correct. I feel like, you know, when you, you want to win games consistently and, and, or, and if you do lose them, you want to lose them by a consistent score. If you look at all games so far, the Bobcats had, they've all been determined by 24 or more points in either a victory or a loss. Mm. And it, you know, that shows that there's really not much consistency here with the program because it depends on who you're facing, right? You know, you have to think about the mindset these players have. They should not become complacent when they're playing against teams like Sun, like Sunbelt teams, but then just they can come out and have fun against FIU. They need to be playing with the same mindset. If you can dominate HCU by 34 points, what's preventing you from doing that to JMU? Find the similarities between the two programs and execute the program. And that's what some people, like, it especially in the Baylor game, I felt it, it, they came out and it kind of looked like they came into the game knowing, hey, this is a P5 school. This is a school that was ranked top 10 last year. We're, we're not supposed to, we're not supposed to even compete in this. And it's like, uh, like they came in thinking that and I, I it looked like it at least. I, I, I don't, but uh, you know, you're supposed to come in knowing that you're thinking that you can win every game. And especially now in the Sunbelt Conference, you can win every game. Of course, there are teams like JMU who first, I mean, congratulations to them first season out of FCS and they're undefeated currently top of the Sunbelt. Congratulations to them. But there are teams like App State, Coastal Carolina, Troy, who have had success the past couple of years in the Sunbelt, who have been on top of the Sunbelt, but still Texas State should be able to come out and compete against those teams and possibly even pull out a win and they got a next couple of weeks where it'd be very tough with App State and Troy. But I mean even if you I mean they can just see teams like Middle Tennessee who got destroyed by Nevada mm-hmm. in the first week and then they went out to go beat Miami. I mean mm-hmm. they they could definitely know that it is possible to beat these big teams. And now talking about, you know, Justin was talking about inconsistencies and all that. One thing that I've seen consistent with this team is just the lack of run defense and pressure on the quarterback. I mean, in every game that they've lost, they've just been able – I mean, they just gotten run on. I mean, 111 yards by one running back, five touchdowns by him. I'm oh, sorry, three touchdowns, and then the quarterback for JMU ran a touchdown. That's how, they, that's how they got all their points this past weekend. And it's just – and we've been saying it every week whenever we look at this team. 
you know, what do they need to improve in run defense and just get in that line to get pressure on the quarterback. It's always been a point that we always make. And I think that also has to play into what I was saying earlier, how if the defense is out there the entire game, the number one unit that is going to suffer from that is the defensive line. Because we've seen games in FIU and HCU where defensive line is incredible. Uh, Levi Bell, Jordan Revels have both had incredible seasons on that defensive line. And um, at some points, that is the brightest spot. But when you when that when the front seven are constantly out there throughout the game, offense isn't able to get long drives uh, and they're just, you know, going and going and going. They're going to get tired out. They're not going to be able to, to do the same. But one thing that worries me, the last thing I'll say about the team, the one thing that worries me is the offensive line, because this is one of the units that come into the season four starters returning. Uh, Kyle Hergel, who him himself individually has had a good season so far, but has had high praise in the preseason polls and everything. This was one of the most experienced units coming into this this season. And it's also one of the units that has surprisingly struggled. And that is not, you know, that's hurting Lane Hatcher back there. And, and so I think that is also something that if offensive line steps up, that can fix a lot of the issues. Yes, 100%. I feel like I love how you mentioned the fatigue factor that comes mm-hmm. to a defensive lineman. We, we saw that against the HCU game for the Bobcats. We were really giving HCU a work for their money, uh, you know, making them work for their money with uh, their defense out there. They were out there constantly three and out. They were just doing, you know, third downs and they were going away, punting it every single time. And if your offensive line can't step up, step up and allow your quarterback to get something going on. And you have four people from last year, you have four players that are experienced. They're expected to do that. It's going to cause some, some, some fear for the next matchup we have. When we talk about the next matchup we have, we're talking about app state, which is this weekend. And before we get to that, I just wanted to talk about the history between these two teams. Last time they matched up was November 7th, 2020 and the Bobcats lost 17 to 38 and if you look at their entire history of playing each other since the year 2004 to today they have lost six times they have yet to win a game against App State so it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen this weekend I wanted to hear what y'all's thoughts are in this game and what are y'all expecting to see well I mean I'm what I'm expecting to see is what we saw this past weekend I remember early in, in this in the season we said like what game is going to be you know your matchup on on the on those on the schedule and I said the JMU game because I knew that we were going to need to get a hot start or at least build up some momentum to go into this App State game. And that didn't happen this past weekend. So I am thinking hopefully, you know, the JMU game, though, did show them some stuff and see what they need to fix. So I'm hoping they didn't build up the whole momentum, but at least got a little momentum or at least a different mindset going into this App State game to play a little different. I'm going to say App State has has really been a little bit shaky this season i i think more than what they have been in the past couple seasons uh it's really been up and down of course they go and they beat uh, texas a&m a couple weeks ago huge game then they barely uh sneak past troy on that hail mary miracle and then they have they get upset by uh by james madison so uh, on that on that incredible comeback that they had of course they played the citadel not really that much of an opponent this week they blew him out but I don't know. Maybe App State can come in here cold like they did against uh, against you know that second half against JMU. And I think Bobcats can compete in this game and possibly find their first close game of the year. And that hopefully looking for that close game will happen this Saturday, October eighth at seven p.m. here at home. You can watch it on ESPN Plus or listen to it here on KTSW eighty nine nine. All right, we got a little more time left in the show, so I think we're gonna play a little game of contender versus pretender. Jacob, you got some teams for us to talk about? I got about? some teams in the NFL, teams that have started off hot. It's been a weird season. 
it has been a very weird season. We went into this season thinking uh, AFC West, NFC West are the big powerhouses and stuff. Uh, not so much right now. A lot of teams look shaky in those divisions, uh, while NFC East, you know, is one of the divisions that everyone has been saying, oh, that's, you know, not a good division at all. And, uh, you know, just a lot of surprises so far. Um, so I'm going to go down a list of a couple of teams who have started off incredibly hot, and I want y'all to know if in January, in February, they will be in the playoffs or even contending for a championship. Starting off, of course, I think a lot of this team rides on the injury situation going on with their quarterback, but Miami Dolphins. I want to hear if you think they're pretending they're going to fall off or if you think they're going to be how far they're going to go. It all depends on Tua's return, mm-hmm. okay? You know, we saw during this offseason the the package they got. They brought Tyreek Hill. They brought players to this team and are expecting things in the AFC, uh, AFC East. But w- until Tua returns, I mean, this team is really up in the air right now. I really don't know what to expect. With that quarterback position out, I know he was a, he's been a, a, a player that has had a lot of anticipation and expectation, but I believe the Dolphins are going to be a contender because <laughs> when Tua comes back. So, yeah, there you I go. Do, I do agree, yeah. They, they got the pieces to become a contender. And, I mean, for Teddy Bridgewater to come in when Tua got that horrific mm-hmm. injury, I mean, for him to play the way he did, off, you know, just off a whim, I mean, I think a week of him getting practice in and being getting those number number team number one team reps, I think this next week is going to be good for him. And, I mean, and, and just I think he can ride it out until Tua comes back. I think they're going to do all right. Quick question. You said they're going to contend. Do you think there's a chance? I know they already have a win over them. Do you think they can beat Buffalo for the division? No, I think they're going to get on the divisional. It depends if Tua's back or not. I think, you know. You if, think if he's back, they there's a pot, like. I, I would love to see a Josh Allen, Tua. I would love to see them go back and forth. I think yeah. Tua has an opportunity to show that. I mean, if he's out for weeks, he has plenty of time to practice and show up, and I think he would have the skills to do it. But, yeah, I think they could be a contender. I mean, they put on a terrific show last week. That was one of the best games I've ever seen, but. Uh, moving on to another AFC team, another two and two, but one of those losses was against a, an undefeated team right now, the only undefeated team right now. But uh, we're going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Pretender, I, I'm sorry, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, can you guys name me the last year they were they they did something in the playoffs? 2017, 2016, the 17? Saxonville year. I think that either was like way, 16, 17. 16, 17 when Blake it has not been <laughs> it has not been recent at all. Um, for the Jaguars to get there. And, um, you know, we saw them put up a good fight against the Eagles, but I don't know how long this team's going to be able to last the longevity of the, the defensive offensive line, see how injuries can play a role in this team. But no, I do not believe the Jaguars will be that much of a contender. Yeah, that's what I was going to go off of longevity. And, uh, you know, their running game isn't exactly how it was. I mean, last season, you know, James Robinson was good. Or no, not James Robinson. Who got hurt? Etienne or uh, James Travis Robinson? Etienne. Yeah, okay, Etienne got hurt. James Robinson was able to carry the load, and everyone was just like, oh, this season's going to be the best. They're going to the best back, uh, running back duo, Etienne and Robinson, and it hasn't really come to that. They've been producing, but not as much as people would have expected. I'm going to go with contenders on this one. I'm going to disagree with y'all, because that division is easily, or not easily, but uh, debatably the worst division in the league. So I think they can win that division. I think Doug Peterson is a Super Bowl head coach, so he has experience with that. And I think people have already forgotten, because of how bad of his rookie season, how good Trevor Lawrence really is. I mean, coming in, he was the golden child, and I think that they finally have some pieces around him to really do something. I think Christian Kirk, uh, although it was a very expensive contract, maybe too much, but it is an underrated signing. He has really helped them out. And so I think, I don't know, contender for a Super Bowl, but I think they'll be in the playoffs by winning their division. Um, I got, because of time, I've got one more for y'all, and that is the only 
undefeated team left in the NFL, the Philadelphia Eagles. Contender. I, I don't know how that is a question. The the Eagles right now are having a great start, and that's on the back of Jalen Hurts. And, you know, I, I, I've really – I have not – been disappointed at all with this team I mean this is the start that any NFL team wants and you're playing in a conference I mean you're playing in a division that you know has some talent you have the Cowboys that are three and one right now with Cooper Rush you have the Giants with Daniel Jones one of my favorite quarterbacks in the league right now um yeah very hot take I know but yeah the Philadelphia Eagles are definitely contenders I don't know if that's even a debate right now you could ask any ESPN analyst or anybody they'd probably say yes yeah no I mean I'm a Cowboys fan and I I, I can understand that we are second place in the division you know Jalen Hurts has really come to his own. A.J. Brown is killing it. Miles Sanders, oh, my gosh, he is doing wonders for my fantasy teams right now. They are just the more built built team. They're, they're really put well put together, and, you know, you know, and they're just, there is longevity with them. You know, Daniel Jones and Giants, they're going to fall off. The Cowboys definitely are going to stumble. Uh, they're probably going to get wild card, but I think the Eagles can take it to the top. I think to the does that mean like Super Bowl? I, I that, think that's I, the top. I think the top. I think they can take it to the top. Really, I I still want to see what they look like against an experienced NFC team like the Buccaneers, like the Packers, like the Rams. But looking at their schedule, they have one of the easier schedules out of anybody. Uh, they have a tougher game. I think maybe going to be their toughest game of the season so far this upcoming weekend against uh, Arizona in Arizona. So I think that'll be a big telltale sign. But other than that. They have a pretty easy schedule. No offense to you, but Cowboys, like we just said, yeah. I don't know if Dak will be back or not, but uh, I think he will be. But then after that, like Steelers, Texans, Commanders, Colts, they have an easy schedule. Uh, they don't play the Packers until the end of November, and I think that'll also be a really big telltale sign. But I think they'll be in the playoffs. I think they'll win the division, but I don't think – I think you need about one or two more years for this roster to to take it all yeah. the way. Well, that game will determine if Kyle Murray does his homework, so we'll see how he plays. But that's all the time we got for today. But before we leave for anything, Jacob, you want to give us a quick weather update? Of course, of course, of course. Here in San Marcos, currently it is 77 degrees. Uh, it's going to be a little bit cloudy uh, with some sun peeking through for the rest of the day. High of 86 and low of 57. Looking forward to the next couple days. It is finally starting to cool down at least a little bit. Uh, tomorrow, Tuesday, it's also going to be cloudy throughout the day a low of 60 and a high of 87 and then wednesday is going to be bright and sunny with a low of 59 and a high of 88 so. love to hear it all right well for justin brown jacob romey i'm your host ryan ligas thank you for listening to this monday edition of bobcat radio have a great rest of your day and we hope you tune back in the same time on wednesday now let's get you back on the other side of radio